Agency Click presents Everything Film with Film Robot on BNN Bloomberg Radio. Agency Click gives you the chance to sign up and connect with and cast thousands of premier performers, post your casting requests, and confirm bookings. Just go to agencyclick.com. It's Everything Film with Film Robot and your hosts, Joe Leary and Patrick Shelton. We welcome you to the Shark Club in downtown Vancouver for Everything Film Season 2, Episode 3. Joe Leary along with Patrick Shelton from Film Robot and Everything Film, and also um, Agency Click, which of course is where this show emanated from initially. We're welcoming to the program for Season 2, Episode 3, Mr. Noel Johansson, film, stage, actor, voiceover artist, and instructor. And I love this. A lot of titles. (laughs) We were talking off air here. Theater trained in London, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, graduated University of Pennsylvania and the Sorbonne. Uh, no, that's pretty sexy, man. That's pretty sexy. That's quite. Cool. That's quite the background. Yeah, pretty diverse. I mean, my my dad's English was a sailor. My mom uh, American and uh, was an actress director and studied in England. And they met on a ship, and then I, you know, ended up in Canada. And I grew up in Canada. And I guess because of that diversity, I, I had um, yeah, I always had an adventure part of me that I wanted to see the world in. But from Pennsylvania to Paris, there's quite a chasm between those <laughs> two places, Huge I one. would presume. So, Though I've never been to either of them. Okay, yeah. Okay, so my dad worked in government in Ottawa. So when I was a kid, um, he said, you know, if you want to work in government in Canada, you've got to learn French, right? So why don't, go to, why, not, why don't you go to France to do that? So at that point, <laughs> I thought I was kidding. Anyway, so I ended up in Paris uh, doing at the Sorbonne because they accepted anybody had an international baccalaureate at that time. So if you graduated from high school in Canada, you you could go to a French university, just like that. Mm-hmm. So a- anyway, that, I ended up there for a year, which was great because, as we were chatting before, you know, um, well, I grew up in a kind of a small community in Montreal and. You know, when you grow up around a tight-knit community, everybody ha- defines you in some way. You feel very defined as an individual. And I felt like that. And then when I got to Paris, it was one place where no one knew me. And it was, I, I felt like I really defined my identity there, and I, I got my independence, my everything about that. And Okay, um, so hold, hold yeah, on. So hold, yeah, hold, yeah. On, hold on here. We're... Uh, I don't know if you're hearing this, but I'm I'm hearing that you know we uh, we're not going to get the starving actor from you. Oh, like, you will. Oh, you oh, will. That there were days <laughs> we were eating uh, macaroni and cheese. I and was all on that. after nine eleven in L.A. I I'm was here in on, Paris. I'm here in oh, Paris. Oh, Paris. And, uh, I had a budget in Paris. My dad was quite strict. <laughs> he was very strict on me. Oh yeah. I had to send yeah. him a budget every month because he <laughs> oh, was just you? that kind of did guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, like yeah okay. Where what? Okay. How many coffees I bought? All that stuff. So. Oh wow. So but, you're starting out. So you're starting out in this industry. Yeah. And you're going and, you know, and, you know, the education, everything aside. Yeah. What did you do? So I, when I graduated from drama school in London, I uh, kept following women all my life. So my <laughs> girlfriends. So <laughs> uh, I had a girlfriend in New York. So I moved back to New York and uh, I was a starving artist for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, she was great. She was good enough to, you know, support me for a bit. And then I... I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't handle it, so I had to start working in other jobs, right? Uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I started out in New York, and I was doing plays, off off Broadway plays. I did about twenty of them, 
non-paying gigs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I also did voice at the same time. And then I booked my first big gig, which was a Broadway national tour, One City. Uh, Picasso at the La Penagil, and where I played Einstein. Okay. And was that, kind, that story was kind of cool because I went to the audition. And I remember, I'm not even equity at this point. Like, I'm like a nothing. And the guy that goes in before me in the audition... I had seen the, f the previous night on, in a show, in a restoration play, he was incredible. Mm -hmm. So I, I saw him go in for my part. I was like, <laughs> that guy's amazing. He, he's going to get <laughs> it for <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. He's so good. And then I went in and uh, I tripped over a chair accidentally. I don't know why. And I did my audition with a German accent because I played Einstein. And no nobody was doing that. They were all doing it in American. Anyway, I got cast. So I did the show and it kind of launched my theater career. Uh, okay, so, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, okay, I'm going to call you out right now. Yeah. We got you got the Einstein wig on or whatever they probably so I had long did. Blonde, yeah, no, okay. I had long blonde hair. Give me the give okay. me the catch line. Come on, right now in your accent. What was the big line uh, that was awesome? Egypt pie. Say say again. Egypt pie. You still remember that? Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> that was more of a French accent than a German one. But what but does that mean? What does that mean? Egypt pie. So he had a uh, Einstein in the show had a very famous uh, uh, speech when he talks about. Uh, you know, uh, gravitation, universal gravitation, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And he talks about a pie. So he's, it's an E-shaped pie. E-shaped pie. And Steve Martin. It's like yeah, Picasso at the La Penagelle was written by Steve Martin. Uh -huh. so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> e -sh yeah. Anyway, so I stood on a table and I gave the E-shaped pie speech, which is really fun. Oh, um, that's great. Our guest is Noel Johansson, film stage actor, voiceover artist. Uh, let's talk about the voiceovers. Yeah, uh, for first, sure. Yeah. First of all, the dialects. How many dialects do you do? Oh, that's a good question. I, I do every dialect uh, that's appropriate from my ethnicity and culture, well, I, as I, well as other ones. Okay, now but let's let's talk about that because there's been this seismic shift there in, has been in, in the last couple Gigantic. of years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what is it? What what are you not allowed to do, or what is considered, or what is deemed to be inappropriate for you to voice? So, like any accent that's not ethnically appropriate, right? Uh, so that you know, you know, a lot of people would do you know, any like Southeast Asian or some some other accent that they thought was funny and. And then they would do that, you know, and either like in a movie or in, a, in an animation series. And that, as you know, like the Simpsons guy, right? Uh, like everybody's Eddie's getting. Yeah. So it's just not. But to be honest, when I was in L.A., already that was happening. Like you couldn't do something that was ethnically inappropriate for your, you know, in voiceover. And it, that started to hit Canada about 10, even five years ago. So that's when things really shift. And even more recently. Mm -hmm. Where you see mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, yeah. So, uh, but in terms of accents, yeah, I do. I do. Like I played Russians, Germans, uh, sometimes French, tons of Brits. Like I could probably because I grew so up in a British environment. Like I can do. Can you do British posh? As well as can you do Cockney? Oh yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah. What do you want? No, well, uh, no. So <laughs> all of a sudden, if I was quite posh, you know, then I would be like that. Yeah. But if it was a more, more London, I'd be, you know, not quite Cockney, but London's more like that. Cockney's quite, you know, oh, how's it going, mate? You know, over the tower and all that. Do you ever play those dialects when you're touring around just for um, laughs to see if you can pull it off correctly? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've done Brit I've done British stuff, especially in the States, where they asked me, uh, they want to make sure I was actually British because a lot of times in the States, they just want the authentic, the real yeah. deal, right? Give me your, give me your uh, best uh, Sean Connery. Everybody's got Sean <laughs> I, I no, come on, yeah. you gotta you gotta tell me. I know I love oh, oh cool. Uh. 
Sean Connery. I'm not putting you on the spot. No, I'm you're just saying. Not I'm just all. saying everybody's done that. Yeah, one, I know. Right? I know. It's like I know. I know. The Sean Connery was the the uh, the one thing. Just do Bond, well James Bond. Come on, James Bond. Scottish. You, is you know what I just learned? Scottish. What I just learned about Sean Connery. He wore a toupee in every James Bond movie, even Goldfinger in 64. Really? I thought he got thinner, like, even a toupee, yes, really? in every Bond film. little aside there. That's um, I want to talk about something in particular, yeah. a role that you played mm-hmm. uh, against, de- or opposite Devon Sawa, um, somewhere yeah. between. Yeah. Playing a character with deletion syndrome. First yes. of all, what is deletion syndrome? So deletion, yeah, go ahead. And, and, and what do you do to sort of pick up the subtleties of something such as that? It was one of the most incredible experiences, i got to tell you, because of what happened to me. Um, uh, but I'll tell you about how I got into the role. But deletion syndrome, to answer your question, is it's an uneven um, genetic balance in your body. So in our, in our bodies, we have... Uh, genetic balances left right and in in every stream of DNA there's a balance and deletion syndrome is where there's missing genes so depending on the severity of it just like a cold you could you could be very minorly affected just have slight physical disabilities or you can be quite severe where you're really stumbling mentally and stumbling over words and language so I did some research when I got the audition. In fact, when I got the audition, I actually didn't think I could play the role because I was like, I've never played anyone, um, you know, who's mentally disadvantaged that disadvantaged that way at all. So I, I thought, no, I can't do this. And Andy was great. He was like, no, 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 you give it a shot. And um, I did a lot of research on it. So I had when I went into the audition, I had um, different uh, degrees of of deletion syndrome. And in the audition, they asked me to do different degrees of it. And then in the callback, same. So. Um, but what was interesting about the, the role, they, they had looked all over North America to find this part. And they, of course, asked people with deletion syndrome to audition for it, etc. But I think the key that a lot of folks were missing were, was the emotional element. So deletion, uh, to give you an analogy, like with autism, um, there's t- sometimes you can be emotionally sort of cl- um, reserved with autism, not with deletion syndrome. So you can have a full emotional range. And I keyed into that. And as soon as I did, something really shifted in me, and I became incredibly vulnerable. And I, every time I did this, this character's Danny's lines, they just they would have me in tears, which was good because most of my li- most of my scenes were quite vulnerable. And uh, he was taught. When I went to the audition, which is an interesting story, I, I felt like he was talking to me. Like often as an actor, when you go to auditions, you're kind of you're kind of a uh, not calming yourself down, but you're prepping yourself in a way, and you're you're trying to uh, build up your confidence for the thing you're going to do. I didn't have any of that in this audition. I had the character kind of speaking to me. I, I, it was weird. It was like I was channeling him, and he cha- and like right from the moment I left my door to the the time I walked in the room, I was just I felt like I was him. I was kind of like <laughs> it was very method in that way. Mm-hmm. Like I was on set. I was always dan- I couldn't. You, I, I had to, even my trailer. When, when I was on set, I was just, I was Danny. Because I just, he was so powerful. But isn't that how you want to be as an actor? You want to get so deeply engrossed. You do, you, you can, do. You, you, that's, that's the I agree. payback, right? I agree. That, that's absolutely what you want, but it's not always the route that you take. Right. Like, it's not always that you're living the life of the character on and off set. <laughs> you know, it's not always Daniel Day-Lewis for me. Sometimes I can come in and out of it. Right. So it just... It just depends on the role, and and each time you prepare a role, it's different. So, 
But for him, it was really, really, really strong. Well, and including uh, a sort of a run through the local circuit, Supernatural, Arrow, Smallville, Stargate Atlantis. The voiceover work obviously consumes a lot of your time. You actually instruct voiceover. What do you tell Joe or Joanne, wannabe voice actor, that think, hey, I can do that. I can do commercials. What, what do they need? What are the tools that you tell them they need to have? Authenticity. And that's the key with everything, but especially in voiceover and especially in commercials. You know, to show up as yourself, to be yourself, that's so hard in the artifice of, you know, a camera or a microphone. You know, you, you, most people present themselves. They're not themselves because something happens when you get on mic. And you must have worked with creative directors or agency types that um, they think they know more than the talent does. And they <laughs> yeah. try and impart their wisdom to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I always use as an example the great legendary Orson Welles. Folks, Google the Orson Welles voiceover sessions, where, again, arguably the greatest director of all time, the greatest filmmaker, one of the greatest voices, Amazing, yeah. being told instruction from some squeaky voice teen uh, agency type. What kind of uh, misinformation okay. have, you, have you been fed? Biggest example. When I <laughs> first started off, I, I was in New York, and I went to a session for Fleet Bank. I'll never forget it. Uh, they paid me $800 just to show up, which is pretty amazing. It's like a golden time contract, whatever. Yeah. I was the third person they hired, which should have told me something. I showed up, huge place. It was like um, half the size of this room, an auditorium, two directors. So I'm in the booth. I do the spot. and the end of the spot, guys are like, yeah, that's great. One guy says, you know what? I'm kind of feeling like red fall. Can you give me a red fall read? <laughs> and I thought he was shitting with me. And so, like, I thought he was messing with me. So I was like, um, yeah, I was like, that's ah, funny. He's like, and nobody laughed. And I was like, yeah, the red fall. <laughs> so I did the red fall read, whatever that was. And then, and then the other guy was like, yeah, but I want staccato. Like, I'm feeling drums. So give me the, the staccato read with a red fall. And I, I, I felt like it was. And nowadays, if I, if I got that direction, I would have gone out of the booth and talked to the directors and said, listen, guys, you know, I think you need to talk to one another. But yeah. Well, you know, the one, the one, thing, cool. the one thing I'll ask you, too, is, yeah. uh, and, you know, part of our audience is people that really want to get into this game of course, and yeah, play yeah. this. And from my calculations is, and this is what I would like to know from you, is it's a numbers game, right? Like, yeah. So, for example, what, what I'm getting at is, how much work is there compared to people that want the work? You know what I mean? Like the ratio, like are there two, three golden jobs that come into Vancouver that are like, we want that. But then you've got seasoned guys. You've got the gym. You know, you have. You have the seasoned guys. That's for sure. And, and, and that helps. But I mean, the, nowadays, especially how things are shifting in terms of opportunities for different cultures and different races, that is becoming a huge uh, game changer for n newcomers. Right. So you have, yeah. you know, that's a good lead in because you're like, you know, you have your school. Yeah. And has anybody just come into the school and just knocked your socks oh, off yeah. and just, oh, went, yeah. and oh, just yeah. went Hollywood right away? Yeah. 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 Can we you have, share that with yeah, us? Yeah, a couple of us. And, and what's, what's really cool is that as we move into the gender, so we had a transgender um, uh, person that was in our program and they were just stunning. Like mm -hmm. they were so good. Um, and immediately they're working, uh, and we're, we're so proud of them. They, they, uh, they're just so talented and so available and so curious and hungry, and, and they're doing great. And, mm -hmm. and, and they're mm -hmm. setting a, they're, they're actually f fitting into the m new mold that's out there now. Okay. You know, okay. That, that's giving opportunities to folks of different gender, different uh, cultural backgrounds. So 
we're so proud of them. So, is, yeah. there a, is there an abundance of work to be had out there? There is. It's like everything. <laughs> right. There is for folks who are well-prepared and, and talented. You know, and I mean, our program is just giving people craft and the tools to do it. But you have to, you know, you have to have something. You have to have a drive to succeed. I don't even know what talent is anymore. I think I think it's hard work. I really mm -hmm. do. I, I think if you're going to work hard enough, you'll get there if you want it. Well, let's talk about let's talk about um, your school. Like, let's, yeah. do a, let's do a like, um, you know, it's not a shameless plug, but let's plug your school right now. Yes, so how please. can people go there and what's the name of it? And well, what's the best way to get a hold I'm of I'm so proud of it uh, because of what it offers people. It's the only full time program in voiceover in the English speaking language. OK, we're accredited by the government of B.C. So we're the only accredited voiceover program right. that exists, okay. meaning we're measured in terms of our results. We offer a full-time program, which is our unique offering, and that allows people a six-month program to learn okay. everything we think you need to get started. Oh, That's it's exciting. amazing. It's really good. So what's the name of it? What's, what's the name? On the Mic Training. On, on the, the Mic training. training. So yeah. do you have a website? On the we Mic do. Training. Well, on the Mic Training. Training. Give, us, give us the website in a Cockney accent. <laughs> so what you've got to do is you've got to go onthemictraining.com. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. <laughs> Noel Johansson, been a pleasure meeting you, man. Uh, we'll have you back again. We'll, we'll maybe so we'll have a mug for you next oh, time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thanks so Thank much. You. Thanks, guys.